Welcome to Blessings in Christ. I'm Scott Roberts. We are also the Church of Christ, preaching the gospel of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, of he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. Our lesson today is by Joey Fox. He's bringing us a wonderful lesson on God's Word. Have you thought about how precious God's Word is? The Bible not only offers us the gospel to save our soul, but it also gives us the commandments that we must live by. And in doing so, we can live a life well-pleasing to God and have hope of heaven someday. We hope that you enjoy the lesson today, and we ask that you like us on Facebook. Thank you. Oh, 
title this morning. It's simply be God's Word. In Psalms chapter 119 and verse 10 and 11 it says, With my whole heart I have sought thee. O let me not wander from thy commandments. Thy word, thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. You know, the Word of God is something that we need to hide in our hearts. And most people will look down and say, well, I've got it right here. Well, no, friends, that's not the heart that we're talking about. We're talking about this heart up here, the one that we think with. We need to hide God's Word there, but not hide it in such a way that we can't share it with others. You know, Brother Johnson just prayed in his prayer. He said, um, we go out into the world and we show ourselves we're the Bible that some people the only Bible that some people will ever read the way that we live and conduct our lives show forth whether we know and we have it hid in our mind we have it inside and we're showing it forth it also says in John chapter 17 and verse 17 sanctify them through thy truth thy word is true well I got to thinking about that what is sanctified? It's set apart. As set apart as or declared holy. Consecrate, free from sin, purified. You think about that. That gives a good definition of what a Christian should be. We should be set apart, free from sin. We should be purified. Well, then I got to thinking, I don't really know what consecrate means. Well, what does that mean? It says, make or declare sacred. Dedicate formally to a religious or divine purpose. Well, you think about our lives. Do we devote our lives to a religious and divine purpose? There is only one, you know, you go across the country, you drive across the country very often, you see all kinds of religious organizations, so to speak, but they're not true religious organizations. There's one, I crossed from one of the places that we used to have for work, it was the Turning Point Church for a while, it was the something else and then it went two or three different things in the span of maybe a year you know god don't change he don't change like that the name don't change so let's look at god's word some things that are contained within and this lesson was used by brother hawkham a long time ago and he used these words letters within these words that we're going to talk about this morning to make up God's Word. I'm not going to put that on the board, but just think about the words that we're going to talk about this morning and, and look at them. It says, the first one is light. In Psalms chapter 119 and 104 and 105, it says, Through thy precepts I get understanding. Therefore I hate every false way. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my pathway. His word is a light unto our pathway. It shows us where we need to go to where we're going to get when this life is over. Whether it be 
Destruction or heaven? We want that light to be toward heaven. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 3 and 4 it says, But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost, and whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. Does his light shine to us? Or is it hid to us? Well, what does he say? It's hid to them that are going to be lost. They're going to be lost. Them that are lost. They've blinded. They've been blinded. Uh, I don't know uh, if any of you, there's a lot of you that are wearing glasses this morning. I know people that when they take them off, they say they can't see a thing. That's an awful feeling to think. But we're blinded if we don't know this gospel. And it's hidden to us. It shouldn't be hidden to us. We can read it. We can study it and understand it. It should be a light to us. In Matthew chapter 5 and verse 14 through 16, it says, You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a, in a hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick. And it giveth light unto all that are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. We should let our light shine. Don't put it under a bushel or under the bed. It, we need to bring it out into the open. Let it shine to the world and be that city that's set on him. You know, if you're, some people may not have ever flew, but if you're flying across the country in the night, you'll go through spaces that there's nothing there. Nothing. No light, no nothing. But all of a sudden you come up on a city and there's just lights everywhere. That's what He wants us to be. He wants our light to shine out of the darkness. In Luke chapter 11 and verse 33 through 36 it says, No man when he hath lighted a candle putteth it in a secret place, neither under a bushel, but on a candlestick, that they which come in may see the light the light of the body is the eye. Therefore, when thine eye is single, thy whole body also is full of light. But when thine eye is evil, thy body also is full of darkness. Take heed, therefore, that the light which is in thee be not darkness. If thy whole body, therefore, be full of light, having no part dark, the whole shall be full of light, as when the bright shining of the candle doth give thee light. Think about that. If we're evil, our light is darkness. If we're good and we're doing what God would have us to do, we're light. We're shining to the world that light. That's what He wants us to do. He wants us to be single. Have that one way. He don't want us to be bearing off one way or the other. He, all of it to be seen. And no part darkness. Some other things on light, it says in John chapter 8 and verse 12. Then spake Jesus again unto them, saying, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. 
if we follow Jesus, we'll have the light of life. We'll have what he would want us to have at the end of this life, as long as we endure. And then in 1 John chapter 1 and verse 5 through 7, it says, This then is the message which we have heard of him, and declare to you that God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with Him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. But if we walk in the light as He is in the light, we have fellowship one with the other. And the blood of Jesus Christ, His Son, cleanses us from all sin. We have to have that light. We can't, God don't have no darkness. There's none, none at all. And you know, we, we're going to talk about in Revelations there in just a little while about where the sun and the moon neither shine, but the glory of God is the light. We're talking about the sun now. The sun that's here, it's a big ball of fire. And then we have the second is the moon, which is a lighter light, but it's still a light. And it shines out of that darkness. You know, this past week, we had a full moon. And it was just like it was daylight when the night came. You could look out and you could see everything. I really enjoyed that because it's different than just a whole darkness. You think about the light. The Word, God's Word is light unto us. Well, another thing that it can be is a comfort. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 13 through 18, it says, But... I would not have you ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that ye sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. But for if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trumpet of God. And the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we be with the, with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. Now I caution you to go back and read there. He says, Even so them which sleep in Jesus. We have to be in Jesus, friends, to get this comfort that he's talking about here. We that are alive and, and remain, we better be doing what God said. You know, listen to a song this week that says, When the eastern sky parts, we won't be able to ask Him to give our heart to Him. There won't be time. No. He'll say time is over and whatever we are is what we are. And when He comes, it'll be too late. We better be prepared. And those that are asleep in Jesus, we have this hope that they will be with us when He comes. That's a comfort in Romans chapter 15 and verse 4, it says, For whatsoever things were written aforetime were written for our learning, 
that we through patience and comfort of the scriptures might have hope. Patience and comfort of the scriptures. Those things that all those uh, prophets and, and those of old went through should be a comfort to us that we have a much different time now than then. Not that we are not tempted just like they were, but look at the things that they had to do. In when Jesus was about 12 years old, what were they doing? They went back to Jerusalem to do, do the, the things that they needed to do as far as their ceremonies that had to be done at those times. We don't have to do those things. But we simply have to obey the Word of God. These should be a comfort to us and that we might have hope. We have the Scriptures that will guide us in that way. In Philippians chapter 2 and verse 1 through 3, it says, If there be, therefore, any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any bowels and mercies, fulfill ye my joy, that ye be like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind, let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in loneliness of mind, let each esteem other better than themselves. <clears throat> well, you know, I've always looked at it like this. If you have something better than me, I should be happy for you. Happy for you. Don't esteem that I'm missing something, that you've been able to get something better than me. That's, that's great that we're able to help and, and be able to do those things. But we should be like-minded. We should be wanting the same thing in Christ. There is no big or little. We're simply Christians. We're simply Christians. If, if we obey that form of doctrine that we'll, we'll talk about, that's the comfort that we have. We have a hope in there after a while. Some other things is... It's food for us. It's a food for us. In Matthew chapter 4, verse 3 and 4, it says, And when the tempter came to him, he said, If thou be the Son of God, command that these stones be made bread. But he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. It's food. It'll feed us. It'll feed our spiritual needs. Now our physical needs, it won't feed that. And maybe we could do without a little of that. I know I sure could. We was talking about that yesterday. I could, I could do, do without a little. But here it feeds our spiritual needs. It's our spiritual food. We shouldn't live by just the bread of this life, but by, by the bread that comes out of the Word of God. In 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 1 and 2, Wherefore, laying aside all malice and all guile and hypocrisies and envies and all evil speakings, as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word, that ye may grow thereby. We need to desire this word, that we might grow thereby. We can't just continue to live on the first principles of the gospel. We got to grow. We got to learn how to grow. 
And we need to desire this word, God's word. In Proverbs chapter 30 and verse 8, it says, Remove far from me vanity and lies. Give me neither poverty nor riches. Feed me with food convenient for me. Well, this gospel is, should be convenient for us. Christ died on the cross and provided it for every woman. All that will obey, it does the same thing. And it's convenient. It's in book and chapter form. We have it in audio form. We have it on the computer. It should be convenient for all. And then in 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 1 through 3, it says, The elders which are among you, I exhort, who am also an elder, a witness of the suffering of Christ, and also a partaker of the glory that shall be revealed. Feed the flock of God which is among you, taking the oversight thereof, not by constraint, but willingly, not for filthy liquor, but of a ready mind, neither as being lords over God's heritage, but being examples to the flock. That's an exhortation to the elders. Friends, we should, we should as elders, we should be taking oversight of the flock, seeing where, where there's need. And not as lords of God's heritage. It's not any, uh, shouldn't be any big thing. It is a responsibility, but it should be no more responsibility than just obeying the gospel. But being examples to the flock. Being examples. But we as members, we need to take care of one another. Also, looking after one another. The other part of food I thought we would read is 1 Corinthians chapter 11 and verse 20 through about verse 30. It says, you know, when we prepare to eat the Lord's Supper, we have prayer over the bread and we have prayer over the, the fruit of the vine. But sometimes we want to, I think, stop and read these words. In verse 20 it says, When you come together, therefore, into one place, this is not to, eat, not to eat the Lord's Supper. For in eating, everyone taketh before other his own supper, and one is hungry, and another is drunk. What? Have you not houses to eat and to drink in? Or despise ye the church of God, and shame them that have not? What shall I say to you? Shall I praise you in this? I praise you not. For I have received of the Lord that which also I have delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take ye, this is my body, which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. And after the same manner also he took the cup, and when he had supped, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my body. This do ye as oft as ye drink it in remembrance of me. For as oft as ye eat this bread and drink this cup, ye do show the Lord's death till he come. Wherefore, whosoever shall eat this bread and drink of this cup unworthily shall be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. 
But let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of that bread, and drink of that cup. For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily, eateth and drinketh damnation to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. For this cause many are weak and sickly among you, and many sleep. And what does he mean by that sleep? It means they're dead. They're basically de dead because they don't know what they're doing. They're partaking in a way that they shouldn't. They're dead to, to Christ. They're dead to Him because they're not doing what they should be doing. But this is a food to us. It's our spiritual food. It's our spiritual food. God's Word. The next thing is it should be an inspiration. In 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 16 and 17 it says, All Scripture is given by the inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfectly, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. It's given by the inspiration of God. He inspired it that it would be written down, that he would go through, Jesus would have to go through this. And he, he did the will of the Father. What God asked him to do, he did it for us. And he says here, it's profitable for doctrine, it'll approve, it'll correct, and it'll instruct us in righteousness. It should be an inspiration to us. In Galatians chapter 1 and verse 10 through 12, for do I now persuade men or God? Or do I seek to please men? For if I yet, ple yet pleased men, I should not be the servant of Christ. But I certify you, brethren, that the gospel which was preached of me is not after man. For I neither received it of man, neither was I taught it, but by the revelation of Jesus Christ. Paul speaking here, he said, it come to me by the revelation of Jesus Christ. He said, I certify you, brethren. Certify. What is cert to be certified? Well, it's to be pure. Pure. He says, I certify you, brethren, that the gospel which I preach, it's, it's the stuff, so to speak. It's the pure stuff. God's Word. It, it's, it's the pure stuff. In 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 5 it says, Ye also, as lively stones, are built up a spiritual house, and holy priesthood, to offer up spiritual sacrifice.